What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a Saturday edition of the Sports Cemetery. Back-to-back episodes this weekend with your host, Ben Kujapudi and... Tyler, your favorite quarterback, Graham. Ben, how are you doing this Saturday? 24 hours and, and we're going to be having Super Bowl, you know, parties going on, wings going around. How are you feeling, Ben? You know, I'm excited. This is a... It's always it's a fun time of year and a sad time of year. Everyone loves the Super Bowl, most popular sporting event in America. But at the same time, it's a an end to a, yet another eventful NFL season. A lot has happened, and it's about to end with the two best teams in the NFL facing off to for bragging rights to be the best team in the league and adding uh, another Lombardi to their uh, collection. Absolutely, Ben. Absolutely. Going into this game, let's let's first address how these guys got here. Um, ben, I want to ask you first about the NFC side, the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you think the Eagles had to put up much of a fight go- making it to the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts on their path here through the playoffs? You know, I always knew when I saw the roster Philadelphia constructed in the offseason, what Howie Roseman did bringing A.J. Brown, trading for C.J. Garner-Johnson, signing Hassan Reddick, with another, a bunch of other moves. I knew this team was going to be good. I knew this team was going to go toe-to-toe with Dallas in the NFC East. And uh, people, a lot of people have given the Eagles a lot of slack for their, for the season, even though they went 14-3 and tied for the best record in the NFL. They had, people said they had a cakewalk schedule. They played a bunch of teams who weren't good. They played not a lot of good teams. But you have to be a good team to uh, go 14-3 and in the regular season, make it all the way to school. You We obviously know that. Mm-hmm. And... um. The Eagles, actually, if they win this game, they're going to be one of, I think, five teams in NFL history to have 10 wins against winning records. So I feel that could put a bunch of those uh, uh, Mickey Mouse schedules talks to sleep. Because if we want to talk about the playoff run, a lot of people discredit the Eagles for who they played in the playoffs. They played a Giants team who no one expected to be there, a a dilapidated Giants roster. And and then in the NFC Championship, they played a San Francisco 49ers team with their seventh, with their Mr. Relevant quarterback Brock Purdy, who went out of the, who went out with the UCL injury in the first quarter, and then they had to deal with um, journeyman Josh Johnson. So there's the there's that talk, but they handily won those games. It's not like they even had to put up a fight. Thirty eight to ten in the divisional, 30, 31 to seven in the conference championship. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not talking down to the Eagles as much as I despise Philadelphia. They they played such good football to get here. And Nick Sirianni's just done an amazing job for what he's done with this team. And Jalen Hurts has just been awesome, taking really taking the next step, next step, deserving of being a runner up for MVP. So I don't want to hear any flack about Philly and their cakewalk roster. This team is good, and they're gonna be and they're gonna be good for a while. Absolutely, it, it, everything's kind of working out in Philadelphia. They drafted well. They picked up free agents well. They made the necessary trades. The players that they did draft and acquire are making the leaps and bounds that they planned on them making. The biggest one being Jalen Hurts. Um, we all know the stories of Jalen Hurts not being, you know, very welcomed into the Philadelphia system. Not many people liking him when he was picked. Um, but now all those people that dislike him are the first ones to buy his jerseys, his city jerseys, and his alternate jerseys. So it's 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 pretty fun, but. This Eagles squad, you know, people are going to, you know, bicker and banter because they're they're members of the NFC East, which is home to a lot of teams that get a lot of hatred and a lot of popularity, because especially for us in the tri-state area. And um, I think it's very, very uh, simple to say that they are a great football team. You can't deny that. And it's kind of funny that next year they're going to have the hardest schedule in the NFL, coupled with the Giants and the Cowboys. So 
it's going to be really, really interesting going forward, this squad. But obviously, you know, they got a big game tomorrow. Yeah, and going back and um, kind of like backpacking off um, the team's path to get here, let's uh, move on to the Chiefs. Tyler, what do you think about Kansas City and the turmoil that they went through this past offseason? And what do you think? Like, what do you think of their journey to the yet another Super Bowl? Well, first and foremost, they, they handily put put up uh, a really, really good regular season performance. You know, we expected that from the Chiefs, you know, becoming first in their conference, first in the AFC West. And it, it was just really, really interesting seeing just, you know, the, the team just do what they, they do best. They ended up 14-3, and three, similar to the Eagles, obviously. Um, and they're 7-1 at home and 7-2 and away. And they were coming off a five-win win, five win win streak going into the postseason. Obviously, they had the first round bye. But their path was similar to the Eagles. You know, you encountered a interesting, shouldn't-really-be-there squad in the Jaguars and a very, very tough game against the Bengals. So it was it was similar paths to the playoffs. The first team was kind of a, a layup, an alley-oop, if you will, Ben. And the second team was a legitimate contender who, who many had going to the Super Bowl. And um, obviously we can debate the calls and whatever and whatnot, but the Chiefs really dug deep and handled the Cincinnati Bengals. But one thing that I find very interesting about their path to the playoffs compared to the Eagles is health, right? We saw a beaten up Chiefs squad regarding um, them in the Jaguar series with the ankle injury to Patrick Mahomes and then him stumbling around in the Bengals series. Also with Travis Kelsey having back spasms merely days before the Cincinnati game. So... I don't know how they really nursed that injury. Obviously, you had a week off because of the Pro Bowl, and that was very nice for the Super Bowl contenders. But I really hope that the Chiefs squad comes in 100% because they are way more beaten up than the Eagles squad. I mean, the Eagles have their their players, you know, Lane Johnson battling an abdominal injury, and uh, Jalen Hurts still having a little bit of a shoulder issue. But I think that this Chiefs squad really fought tooth and nail to get here, and out of all the times they made it, deep into the playoffs this is the one that i really see them like really earned it like they really the grit grit of their teeth and the blood and sweat and tears of this team they really really impressed me and this type of momentum can really be dangerous in a super bowl game i completely agree and a lot of people like people thought kansas city was gonna not fall off completely but they thought there was they didn't i don't think they people thought they're gonna be back in the super bowl again after uh losing tyree kill arguably the best wide receiver in football and they showed that, and Patrick Mahomes in, gen, in particular has really shown that he doesn't need Tyree Kill to be a great quarterback. He might have had his best season of his career this season without Tyree Kill. Yeah. And um, a lot of people thought, oh, the Bills are gonna, the Bills, the Bengals, they're gonna make the Super Bowl over them. But the Chiefs, they didn't care about the outside noise. Patrick Mahomes put his head down and won MVP the other day. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, he really um just willed this team to go to another Super Bowl. So I'm happy to see them back in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, one of my favorite players, love seeing him play. And uh, this is just going to be a dogfight of a Super Bowl. It should be a shootout. I'm expecting it. I think it's going to be a close game. We can get to our prediction shortly. But I think let's, let's keel into the big factors tomorrow. I, the thing about this game is there are a lot of narratives at play, right? Everybody's hearing about the fact that every team that's won in 2016, 2017 went on to win this year, right? So you have the Golden State Warriors, right? They won back then, they won recently, right? You have the Houston Astros, they won back then, they won recently. The Eagles won back then. Can they win now, right? 
So you have that narrative. You have the narrative of the jersey colors. Historically, teams who wear their home kits or white jerseys generally have a way better shot of winning the Super Bowl. Eagles have nominated to wear their Kelly green jerseys, while the Chiefs have worn, uh, opted to wear their you know white and red and uh, gold or orange jerseys. So there's a bunch of little, little things about this. But besides all the, the weird noise, this Super Bowl is really interesting from a betting perspective. Right now, the Philadelphia has the mere... 1.5 point favorite over the Chiefs, which is the fourth shortest Super Bowl spread of all time, meaning bettors don't know really who to bet for. This is a really, really close matchup of an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And going into this game, I have a couple of players that I want to mention, Ben, who's going to make a huge impact for both sides of the ball. Light I think on. the first guy is going to be Travis Kelsey. Right now, Travis Kelsey is second in every major receiving category in his, in the postseason history, right? He has 127 receptions, second behind Jerry Rice, 1,467 1, receiving yards, 15 tutties, and 700-yard games, all second behind Jerry Rice. This is insane. He has basically played an entire season's worth of playoff postseason games, and I expect nothing less from him this coming Sunday because he's a big X factor that no one can really guard in this league. You know, Travis Kelsey's a perennial talent, first ballot Hall of Famer, him and his brother. We'll get to them shortly, obviously, Ben, later on in the episode. But I think he's going to have an awesome, awesome game against the Eagles. Now, my Eagles superstar, though, is I think James Bradbury is going to have a big game. Here's why. James Bradbury's passer rating when targeted in coverage is 44.5. Now, Ben, that's a low number, meaning when he's targeted... He gets, you know, he gets deflections, he gets stops, and he's the best in the NFL when he drops back in coverage. And I think a stellar cornerback like this and the rest of that core, whether it's C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's tied for leading the NFL in interceptions, and Darius Slay, they're going to give this wide receiving core for the Chiefs a run for their money. So the Eagles are probably going to be expecting a lot of play action, a lot of movement to try to just draw this Philly team off guard because if they go straight for the gooseneck here, these boys are going to stop. And Patrick Mahomes is a wizard, but this is probably the toughest secondary he's encountered. Yeah, and this actually, I'm going to give a few of my players. And what you said about um, the Eagles secondary, and this, this, is, this is my X factor for the Chiefs. I think our boy from Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco, is going to have to have a yeah. huge game for Absolutely. Kansas City to win this game. Because he's Pacheco, for a seven-round rookie, he's been great. And he's been great for the Chiefs ever since he stepped up. He's been um he's been solid on the ground, but honestly, him as a receiver, along with Jared McKinnon, has been um very effective. And I'll actually put McKinnon in there. I feel like just the run game as a Chiefs, the run game as a whole for the Chiefs needs to be respectable because the with Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and CJ Garner Johnson manning the secondary for Philly, I feel like you need to control the ground game a little bit so it opens up the pass a little more. We can't see, we can't let Kansas City can't get into third and long opportunities. Even the, and we know Philadelphia has a superb pass rush, so the offensive line has to hold up too. But if you get the ground game going early, get Mahomes into second and shorts, third and shorts, and it be, making him uh, not have to do too much to get those first downs and move the chains. I think this could be really huge for the Chiefs if they want to win this game. And now for the Eagles. Another boy from Jersey, uh, Hassan Reddick. He's been superb for Philadelphia ever since he ever since he got signed this past season. Sixteen sacks in the regular season among the leaders. One of the favorites, for, one of the finalists for Defensive Player of the Year, and he's had a great postseason also. So, and I, last time the Kansas City Chiefs played in the Super Bowl, 
their offensive line crumbled. And we know it's not the same line as it was two years ago, but but we've seen in recent games that if Patrick Mahomes gets pressured, they can force him into mistakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if the Eagles want if the Eagles want to slow down Mahomes, because obviously you can neutralize Mahomes because it's Patrick Mahomes. The dude is absolutely an absolutely. So if they wanna if they wanna get him to if they wanna force him into turnovers, Reddick's gotta play his heart out. And the Eagles have a one of the best pass rushes I've ever seen with Fletcher Cox and Reddick and uh Brandon Graham, yep. Josh Sweat, just to name a few guys on that on that scary defensive line. The, the Chiefs line's gonna have to hold up, but the Eagles pass rush is definitely gonna have to get home if they want if they want to force turnovers. Because the only way to beat the Chiefs is to force turnovers because when they get the ball, they're at least getting three down the field. Absolutely. I just think the thing about the the Chiefs line is that that's that's a guy who has to show up, right? This is gonna be our next little segment, Ben. I'm gonna to talk to you about guys that need to show up this game. And I think the entirety of the Chiefs line has to show up. Creed Humphrey, Smith, the, that whole squad has to really show up because you're now versing possibly one of the best front four or three that the game has seen in a minute. The pressure, the amount of sacks, the amount of just action that they put on the quarterback is insane it's it's immeasurable the impact that this has and Patrick Mahomes is a stellar athlete who can get the ball out quick and makes little mistakes in general but the amount of pressure he's going to receive is probably most amount of pressure he's received all season really you know their line has been holding up but this is a team that had how many sacks on the season Ben like 40 like 50 like I don't even know how many sacks these guys had but all I know is that Patrick is going to get hit it's just a matter of how he gets hit um, we have to watch the ankle. You have to watch how he falls. You got to watch the decision he makes throwing or coming out the pocket. And generally against teams with high sack numbers, you want to extend the pocket, right? And how comfortable are you with Patrick Mahomes moving a lot, right? He's great on, on the run, obviously, but in order to avoid this, you have to extend the pocket, have check down guys, have play action for backup because the Eagles are out for blood. They smell blood in the water, and they're going to try to yep. sack you. And we all know what Hassan Reddick's capable of. Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham, even when they send the occasional linebacker in, or CJ Gardner-Johnson coming with a strong safety blitz. This team, Seriani has you know, put together and you know built um, is something that Philadelphia should not only be proud of, but excited for for the coming future because a lot of them are young guys, and this squad is the future. I completely agree. And for Philadelphia, a group of guys that has to step up. This is a little bit. I'm gonna have a little bit. Of a few guys that need to step up. I feel like the linebackers, Kazir White and T.J. Edwards, have got to step up. And C.J. Garner Johnson has also got to play his best game because I have complete. I have faith in Darius Slay and James Bradbury locking up the receivers: Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, Skymore, etc. But the key is guarding Travis Kelsey, as we as you mentioned before, Travis Kelsey. Is is freakishly good. He's probably arguably the best. Arguably the best tight end ever is a matchup nightmare. And these linebackers and the safeties, they really have to play their best games against Travis Kelsey because he's the go-to target. He's the he's Mahomes' first read. He's the red zone target. And when Mahomes targets Kelsey, it's more or less going to be a catch, and it's more or less going to be a first down or a touchdown. So. The linebackers really have to play elite coverage on Kelsey. And TJ Edwards has been one of the best coverage linebackers in the league this this past season. CJ Garner-Johnson leads the league in picks with six right now. Mm-hmm. So these guys are going to have to play their A game against Kelsey because I think the, uh, the corners can do their job against the receivers. But the, as we've seen, 
Mahomes doesn't really need the receivers to step up when you have Travis Kelsey playing as he does. Absolutely. I think the great thing about this Chiefs defense is that diversification of clientele, meaning the way they just have everybody involved. Like I, I watch these games from the Chiefs and it's like, oh, this is his ninth receiver who's targeted and caught a ball. Like at the end of the day, you really don't know who the ball is going to. Obviously, generally, you know, he wants to go to a Travis. He wants to go to a Juju, but everybody's involved and everybody's a target. And that's what makes Patrick Mahomes and the Andy Reid West Coast offense so dangerous is that anybody could be a killer any given night. And that's what makes this team very, very special. I also want to mention Chris Jones. He has to have a immaculate game because this is he's he's probably the best defensive tackle in the league, Ben. Like I I mean it's, it's hard to dispute that. But also he's gonna go up probably against the best line this league has seen in a minute. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Mylotta. This line is the Great Wall of China. Okay. It is, you know, the wall that is basically the the biggest reason why the Eagles offense is so electrifying. It's just they give Jalen Hurts time. And the fact that this line is a thing, Chris Jones either is going to get nerfed, he's going to get swatted, he's going to get absolutely neutralized, or he's going to have an awesome, awesome game. And I'm sure Seriani's going to have something in, in, in the works for Chris Jones. So that's why we need big games from Karloftis, the occasional blitzing linebacker. So the Chiefs defense got to step up because... They Their defense is very wishy-washy. They are 31st, Ben, in the league in red zone defense. That is insane. The fact that, you know, when they get in the red zone, they just basically let the other team score. That's a big no-no against a Philadelphia Eagles offense who's absolutely electrifying. So the defense as a whole needs to have a big, big game. Uh, going back to the Chiefs defensive line, Chris Jones, George Karloftis, Frank Clark, and the linebackers and uh, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, they got... They got to all step up because it's not just Jalen Hurts getting the time that he needs in the pocket. It's also the run game for for them in general. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City, they have a, their run game is um they're top eight right now in the league, actually. And I'm defending the run. But the Eagles, as you mentioned, one of the best offensive lines we've seen. I'm pretty sure all five of them have made, made the Pro Bowl this year or all pro. It's but yeah, it's not just containing Jalen Hurts. Um, Miles Sanders. Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, all those guys. I've noticed in the both in both the Giants and the Niners games, the holes that the line, the holes that the lines give these running backs are just massive, and they get first downs almost every single run. They average at least seven yards a carry every first down. Yeah. And yeah. the defensive line has to be able to step up, and especially the linebackers. They can't let them get past the first or second level. They can't let these guys break up for break out for a huge run because that's when the offense really starts to get clicking. And Chris Jones, I think he finished uh, finished top uh, five in defensive player of the year voting. And and you're right, he's probably the best defensive uh, tackle in football right now. But when you're going up against a Hall of Famer and Jason Kelsey and the rest of that offensive line, you're going to have to bring the best game possible. And stopping the run game is just there's when you stop the run game, it just um it makes life easier because you're going to have to force uh. Jalen Hurst to throw um, deep balls to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and those guys. So, and it's gonna and it's it's impossible to neutralize the Eagles' offense, but stopping the run game is a huge factor because the Eagles. I feel like the Eagles live and die by the run because they have four really talented runners back there. No, that that that's that's the that's the bread and butter of their offense, right? So. You know, football 101 is if I have a strong run game or if I use a run game, it establishes a passing game, right? And if I have a passing game, it establishes a run game. 
So generally, if the Eagles have all these dangerous guys who could just split out and go for five yards, seven yards, 10 yards and run the ball, that opens up the passing game because as a defense, as a defensive coordinator, as linebackers, you jump those guns, you fall back, you figure a certain, you fill certain gaps. And that leaves a, an array of different options for an offense. So the, the unsung heroes of this Eagles offense is their run game, whether it's Jalen Hurts running out the ball, whether it's a design run or his wits about him to run it out. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott or Miles Sanders. The reason that their offense is so good, period, is because of their run game. And to neutralize that is going to be no easy task because, like you said, Ben, you have an entire Pro Bowl, basically, lineup protecting Jalen Hurts at all times. And it's going to be very, very difficult. But, you know, I'm sure the Chiefs will figure something out. You know, they, some, they, they, they appear in big moments. Chris Jones getting that late sack on Joe Burrow um, a couple weeks ago and a plethora of moments throughout the season where they do tend to step up, but sometimes their defense is lackadaisical. Yeah, I completely, I, I agree. Um, I feel like we've given enough of our keys to the game and our X factors. Let's move on to what I'm pretty sure everyone wants to hear. What do we think is our predictions for this game? Tyler, I want to hear your score prediction and your Super Bowl MVP. Lay it on me. 31-27, the Kansas City Chiefs will hold up the Lombardi Trophy and the Super Bowl MVP will be Travis Kelsey. He will have 115 receiving yards and two touchdowns. This game is going to be a shootout, but that's what I think. I'm not going to lie. You literally read my mind. That's that's exact same score prediction and exact same Super Bowl MVP in Travis Kelsey. Ben, that's why we're brothers, baby. That's why we're good friends. I just I actually uh, I had a little uh, it for my paper. I write I write for the school paper, and uh, my editor was asking all the writers to give their score predictions for the Super Bowl. I had 31-27. And the Chiefs are going to hold up that trophy. And I do think Travis Kelsey is going to win Finals MVP. Um, not Finals MVP, talking basketball now. Um, <laughs> Super, Super Bowl MVP. And this yeah. uh, this wants to bring me to one more point to close out the show. The, a very underrated um, headline in, in the Super Bowl is the Kelsey brothers facing off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is going to be the first Super Bowl in NFL history where two brothers um, are playing um, against the each other. The opposition, yeah. Yeah, and tr- as we know, Travis and Jason Kelsey, one of the best of all times in their position. Travis obviously being a tight end and Jason being a center. They're both per- perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl players, and they're both going to be in the Hall of Fame when that's all said and done. Hopefully they retire together because that would just be beautiful. Absolutely. But, um, but they both have their own legacies to protect, and this game is going to be a huge one for both of them. I think... I think Jason Kelsey is going to be the best center of all time when it's all said and done because he is a freak. Travis Kelsey, we, I feel like when, when we talk about the best Titans of all time, I think there's three of them that you can just, that you can argue or that's the goat of tight ends. You have Kelsey, obviously you have Tony G, Tony Gonzalez, and you have Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. I think Kelsey, I think, I don't know if he's the best tight end right now. I'd, I'd say Tony G is still the best tight end of all time right now. But I think when it's all said and done, I think this Super Bowl is going to play a big factor in it, depending on how he plays and if the Chiefs wins. But I think by the time Travis retires, I think he's going to be the best of all time at that position. Uh, I 100% agree. Um, I, I, it's, it's really interesting to see. Um, I, I watch New Heights. You know, Shout out to the, the number one sports podcast in the world right now. Congratulations to the Kelsey brothers. But... It's very, very interesting that you have two guys so different 
cut from the same cloth of work ethic, um, doing what they have to do at their positions, right? Jason Kelsey, in his last 1,503 pass-blocking snaps, only let up one sack, right? And you have Travis Kelsey, who's an absolute consistency monster. Um, His past, like, 10 postseason games, he has never went under 75 receiving yards. And it's like, these guys are awesome for the sport, awesome for the narrative, and... You know, I wonder what Donna Kelsey and, and and Big Papa Kelsey feel about this because being able to do what they did, make the sacrifices that they did, and having your sons live out their dream is something that all parents and all kids should really look up to about the sacrifices that our parents make. I know this, I'm fully aware of the sacrifices my parents make to put Mine me in a certain well. situation and put me into school and buy me the clothes on my back and the games that I play. And before we, you know, mention a little bit of anything else, I just want to thank my mom and dad for being the best parents I can ever ask for. Same here. Mom, dad, I love you. Shout out to all the moms out there. We love, love you, mom. Love you, dad. We love, all, love everything that you do for us. But Travis and Jason, I, I feel like this, they weren't, they're both obviously such talented guys in, in high school and college, but these guys weren't, where they were drafted, I don't think anyone expected them to be as, um, as I'm um, decorated as they are right now. Um, Jason was taken in the sixth round of the 2011 draft by the Eagles. And Travis was drafted in the third round of the 2013 drafts by the Chiefs. And usually we don't see, we don't expect guys drafted beyond the first or second round to be, to amount to so much in the NFL. I mean, maybe, um, maybe just some journeymen or maybe a consistent player, but no one, ne- nothing near Pro Bowl or All Pro level. Uh-huh. The grit and grind, and we've, and we've seen this, um, I've actually done a little bit of research on this, and um, in high school they were they both um they both uh, went to Cleveland Heights High School, and um they both didn't play their um natural positions where they are right now. Travis Kelsey was a freak athlete, so when you're a freak athlete, what position do you play in high school? Quarterback. Quarterback. So Travis Kelsey was the quarterback for his high school team, and and it made sense. We all we know Travis Kelsey has that swagger to him. We know he cracks all the jokes, and there's not a lot of people who work harder than Travis Kelsey. He just had that. He just has that him factor, and it still shows to this day. And um, similar to Travis, Jason didn't play center until he went to college. He actually played a uh, surprising, considering he's a lineman right now. He played running back and linebacker. Yep. In uh, high school, so he, it was him running. You know, the jet sweeps on that offense. Him being faster than anyone else. And it wasn't until he went to Cincinnati that he played on the line. And you know, it's really awesome to see that Jason and Travis are both so close to their community of Cleveland Heights. Even even now, they're both such big names in the NFL. They still manage to come back every year to their high school and visit their alma mater and talk to their old coaches and the students. And they nev- and a very interesting bit I found, they never skip out on any conversation with students. Whenever, whenever a student had a question, they would always answer them. They'd crack jokes. Jason Kelsey was a, always played the sax in high school, so we do a little bit of his solos there. So uh, it's awesome to see that these guys are just are just so humble. And yeah. that's something I really respect with athletes. A lot of athletes really get caught up in the fame and don't really go back to where they came from. But, uh, yeah. these, but these guys have they always go back to Cleveland Heights. They always host their camps, come back to their high school. I just love to see that in athletes. Absolutely. I just think it's just a, a great upbringing. And we have to thank Donna and you know Papa Kelsey for, for providing the world with not only stellar athletes, but stellar men. And it's been really cool to see them, you know, somewhat grow up in this league, you know, and um, there's a certain, you know, feeling you get when you're not picked a lottery, right? You have to, you have to fight 
for your position. You got to fight for your snaps. You got to fight for your minutes. And it's really cool. Their path to the NFL has been very, very different, but yet the same about work ethic, about working hard and getting in the right situations and never really complaining, just performing. And it's been awesome, awesome to see. And, you know, it's awesome as a sibling too, because I have a younger brother and I love him very dearly. And it's cool that that's all we wish, right? We wish for not only our success, but we wish for the, the success of brothers around us, whether that from the same mother or not, shout out you, Ben. But we wish for the, the success of people we deem family. And at the end of the day, all I know is that I want to see my family, your family, Ben, all the families of all the people close to me win like they do, the Kelseys do. And I'm really, really excited to see them play tomorrow at 630. I'm excited. And we know Philly and Kansas City is going to be loud and raucous during the Super Bowl. Cleveland Heights is going to be just as raucous because the community loves the Kelseys and the Kelseys love them back, which Absolutely. is just which is great to see. And I think I think that's a perfect note to end this episode. I, I just it's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of emotions going through a lot of people for the Super Bowl, but, but I don't think anyone can be more emotional than Donna and Ed Kelsey, just seeing their kids play in the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's something that they probably had in, you know, n- midnight conversations when they were just chilling, going to bed, putting, putting the, the younger Kelseys to bed, thinking about, man, what if our sons, you know, make it to the NFL? And lo and behold, years later, they're about to play in the Super Bowl against each other. What a feeling that must be. What a feeling. Once again, shout out to all the parents out there. You guys do a great job. Absolutely. All right. That's going to end our Saturday special, The Sports Inventory. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Ben Kuchipudi. And Tyler, your favorite quarterback, Graham. Guys, have fun. Stay safe out there for your Super Bowl parties and make sure you eat a lot of wings. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuce.